How you doing? How you feeling? I'm your host, Tony Miller, and welcome to Labor Pains. After 15 years in hotels, I was fired for helping a group of hotel workers organize. I started out as an overnight front desk clerk and worked my way up to the executive committee of the largest hotel ownership group in Virginia with a lot of fun stops along the way, including at Hilton Corporate. I know the difference between good owners and bad owners, and at Labor Pains, we think you deserve to know the truth about both of them. We hope you enjoy the show. I'm Chris I'm the president of the Teamsters LGBTQ Plus Caucus. Uh, our website is uh, www.lgbtqteamsters.org. You know, I work in Hollywood, so... <laughs> to say, it, it looks is. beautiful and uncomfortable wherever you are, so it looks yeah. better than Richmond, Virginia. I can assure you of that. It's in my backyard, my little Zen garden here. Okay, well, I'm I'm very jealous, Chris. I live in Richmond above a police station, so you've got me beat by a lot. <laughs> and um, I thank you for, again, you're my first real victim um, in, a, in, in a way of thinking, so... I appreciate your patience ahead of time as I maybe work through some of the more technical aspects of doing this. Okay, great. Yeah, well, you're actually, you know, this is a great thing because, you know, we're all in it together. And basically, we want to do what you're taking the initiative to do, which is to share our experience, strength, and hope in our work and hopefully reach out to other people that are, are going through the same things that we go through individually. Yeah. In, in our jobs and out in society. So I work on a, a an amazing LGBTQ plus show called Good Trouble. It's okay. on Hulu, the Disney ABC show that's a spinoff. It's on of Hulu? The, it's on Hulu. And it's a spinoff of The Fosters, which was a very uh, popular series about a lesbian couple who adopted children and raised them. Now the girls have grown up. They live with their friends in a collective a loft above the Palace Theater in downtown Los Angeles. And we just finished our season five and we're going to be being renewed for season six. It's LGBTQ plus created, written, and a lot of the folks on the show are LGBTQIA people and, and friends and allies. And uh, so it's it, that's really great. It covers everything. Everybody will see in our community, in the LGBTQIA community, will see their story in some aspect on that show. So please mention Good Trouble. And I need to interrupt here for a quick rant, or maybe not so quick. TV and film are so incredibly important to all of us. Characters in shows and film often resonate with you deeply and can have a profound impact on your own life. That's true for me, 100%. And like Chris said, there isn't a single film or television show that did not take every single person on the cast and crew to make so that people like you and me could enjoy watching it. I hope you heard Chris plug his current show, Good Trouble, which you can watch on Hulu. If you know me... You know I do not watch new shows or movies. I rewatch like the same 10 shows over and over again and maybe like, I don't know, the same 30 movies. One of my BFFs tells me that this is a form of ADHD and that I have a problem. Who's to say? But because Chris is now my buddy, I had to give it a chance. Well, I am partway through season four and I love it so much. It's like Melrose Place... Allie McBeal and Party of Five had a baby, 
But, you know, in like 2020, every single character in the ensemble has a compelling narrative. There's a ton of smooching. And everybody is insanely good looking, especially some of the boys. Yikes. Also, to whomever has been doing Constant Zimmer's outfits in season three, oh my gosh, I love them so much. I love like 90% of Mariana's outfits too. They're amazing. I also found out that J-Lo is one of the executive producers, and that made me think of my funny J-Lo story. One of my best friends and two-time roommate from college swears that J-Lo worked for his dad's family accounting firm back in the Bronx, back in the day. And apparently they've got pictures with her. He swears at every bar we could go to in Manhattan, every time we travel across the country or the world, he tells the same story. He promises everyone he meets that one day, while walking up or down Fifth Avenue, they saw Jayla while she was filming one of her films. And his dad looked over and said to her as loud as possible, Hey, Jennifer! And I swear to you, he claims that J-Lo turned around, stopped everything dead in her tracks, ran over to her, her old boss, my, uh, my friend's dad, and was like, oh my gosh, Jimmy, it's so great to see you. Everywhere I've gone for the last 17 years, I've heard him tell this story. I don't know if it's true or not, but if it is true, J-Lo, we love your story, and the Lavin family says hello. So please, watch Good Trouble on Hulu. It's so damn good. We've linked to it from our page on labor.gay. I also had another little synchronicity with Chris. When I looked at some of the other shows he had worked on, I found out that he worked on a show called The Politician, and that show changed my life. On the weekend of October 27, 2019, two of my closest friends from college independently told me to watch it. And I was like, all right, well, it's got to be pretty good if both he and her are telling me I've got to check it out. So that Sunday after they left D.C., I popped an edible and ordered a croissant sandwich from Le Caprice, plopped down on my couch, and turned it on. The theme song alone had me entranced. But then I watched the character of Peyton, and I was like, oh, my God, this guy's me. Like, much cuter, of course. But he had the best outfits, was in student government, and like to smooch on the boys and the girls. So after 30 minutes of watching it, I was like, okay, I should probably add boys on Hinge. And that was that. So Chris, you literally helped change my life multiple times. I'm so grateful to you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We then had some Q&A with Chris. Let's hear what he had to say. I asked him, hey, these workers that I'm trying to connect with, they're afraid to talk to me. They're afraid to open the door. Their bosses have told them all kinds of horrible things. Chris, can you share, you know, can you spend a couple of minutes telling folks like that, you know, why they shouldn't be scared, right? Well, I appreciate your work. It's important. And your angle on reaching people is really the most basic and important aspect of organizing. So you're, you're hitting it in the heart of communication and relating to people in an everyday way what it is that this struggle is all about. And basically it's the same struggle. You read about the labor history and all of the things that came before. Most people uh, today, especially younger people, they don't, they never lived in a world where uh, there 
wasn't a, a weekend where they could work an eight-hour shift or um, have any kind of basic safety. And this is how unions came about. In the very uh, early days of union organizing, it was because uh, uh, all people, men, women, and children, were working seven days a week, sometimes 14, 16, 18-hour days. And there were certain uh, things that happened, like the triangle, shirtwaist, fire, where women and children were locked in a, uh, a building because the, the, the bosses didn't want them to be able to uh, take uh, unauthorized breaks. So they locked them into this uh, sweatshop, which was a, a building that was making these um, uh, clothes, these garments, and there was a fire. And um, a lot of people died in that fire, women and children. And uh, this was so outrageous and it hit the nerve of so many people who were maybe had a previously a negative, um, you know, idea about unions because they were fed that by the corporate controlled media, the papers and all of that, that do nothing but tell people how bad unions are. So that was their frame of reference. You know, they didn't really know. And when they saw these dead bodies being pulled from that building, they said, no, wait. Uh, 12-year-old uh, girls shouldn't be working 18 hours a day, and um, this is wrong. You know, there should be safety. There should be regular breaks, which was unheard of back then. So fast forward all these years, it's the same struggle. It, it is exactly the same struggle. And I want to tell you something. Power is never given. You have to take it. And so the, the, the whole point about organizing is that you have to recognize your power. And I'll tell you one thing for these hotel workers, this is the, the power that they have. There's a woman in Nevada. It was the hotel workers and the Teamsters uh, who supported her, who got out there and organized and came out to work in her campaign and, and go door to door and talk to friends and all of that that made it possible for Catherine Cortez Masto to be reelected in a shocker. This really tipped the, the whole scale, and that's why pro-labor people now uh, are in a position in the U.S. Senate to be able to affect positive change. And it's these hotel workers. It's the people in Las Vegas who are you know, cleaning rooms and, and doing all of the stuff that, that your uh, uh, people are doing. They collectively have the power, but that's the that's the, the, the key word there, collectively. question for you is, if you're a worker, and like you said, you're just kind of coming in, you want to do the work, get your paycheck, you've got two kids at home and a spouse, or maybe you've got mom and dad living at home, you're helping them out, something like that. Um, why would anybody go out of their way and do something crazy like what you and I do um, and, and stand up and kind of pick a fight? Like what What would you say to somebody like that? Well, you know, it's the people that are targeted and that are, are uh, you know, they try to, just like in the, the animal kingdom, they try to get the, uh, the wounded or the slower moving uh, member of the pack to focus on. And so they want to, their, their MO is to prey on people that have those insecurities that are worried. And they use that fear in order to spread. And if, if you help us, you know, oppose those people, you're going to be in a real good position, but they really don't give a shit about you. They don't care about you. If you're cleaning uh, 12 rooms and they're pushing you, pushing you to do 15 rooms, and the minute that you get to 15 rooms, they're going to say, oh, now we have to do better. We want you to do 20. So it's never, there's never going to be enough because their whole 
focus. And all of those big mirrored buildings with the lawyers and the accountants in them and any major corporation, they're sitting there all day long to think, how can we increase profits? Yeah. And, and the lazy way that they always go to is let's pay people less and demand they do more. We do all the work. And, you know, yes. rooms, do you think that hotel would uh, rent out if the, the, if the rooms were dirty and the beds None. were admitted? You know Not what I'm saying? If it wasn't clean, are you kidding? That would shut them down overnight. And they only know, they only respect strength, okay? And the That's only right. way to have is through unity. And the only way to have uh, unity is to tell people that they are not alone. They're not cast aside. We're part of a team. But the only way that that team can empower themselves and others is to be unified. People are going to say, I didn't know I could do that without being fired. Or I didn't know someone would have my back if I did get mm -hmm. under pressure. Because that's the thing is that they're going to think twice. You know, maybe you're that kid walking alone to school through a kind of a scary neighborhood and you're a little different looking and you're worried every day that you're going to get jumped or something like that. But if you have some great big friends walking with you that are shit kickers who don't take any crap from people, you're going to ha have a lot better chance of getting to school and being able to do the things you need to do than you would all by yourself. So that's kind of like what unions are. We're the people that are going to walk you to school and and make sure that you they have your back because we know that in our hour of need, you're going to have our back. And that's just how union works. We hope you enjoyed the show today. And remember, you have far more power than you think you do. When I was a junior in college, I had the opportunity to visit a sister college of ours, home of the best business school in the world, according to many folks who definitely do not labor. In fact, both the cowardly CEO who fired me for helping workers organize and your favorite president of all time, you know, the dude with the hair like mine, both went there. A guest speaker, an executive at one of the most powerful investment banks in all of New York City, taught us something that I would never forget about solidarity. You see... This is you, and this is the boss. Hmm. This is your friend versus the boss. Done. But when you stand together, you are unbreakable and unstoppable. Your time is now, and if you need help getting organized or want to share your story about labor, go to labor.gay and click on connect with us. We will get back to you ASAP, and we can help you get organized to build the future you deserve. Thank you again for watching Labor Pains. I'm Tony Miller, wishing you love and solidarity.